we please ask the next panel, uh, Mr. Vasilis Dimoulias? It's a panel on game changers and the role of Chinese shipyards. May I please uh, ask all the speakers to come at the table? Thank you. Good morning to all uh, the distinguished delegates. Uh, after uh, Adrian's very uh, interesting presentation on ship values, we're going to speak uh, a little bit more technical, but uh, the issues we're going to speak, I think, will affect ship values quite a lot, uh, things that are coming up. So uh, what's the subject? Uh, new environmental regulations, technological and ship design innovations that may have a really transformational uh, impact on the industry. Uh, I will start by saying a few words on this subject. Uh, I've worked in shipping for 20 years, not so much as a lot of you, but uh, I have seen and realized that shipping is a traditional industry. It's uh, the activity of transporting goods by sea has a history of several millennia, and the rules and practices that uh, have been uh, used have not really changed so much over those uh, this very large lifespan. So, we're now speaking about game changes and uh, things that will have tra transformational impact. Is it really the first time that uh, this is happening? Has it not happened in the past? I think it has. Uh, like, for example, uh, centuries ago, we uh, changed from the sail to, to, to the steam. So that was really a game changer. What happened then? The people that were able to adapt uh, were the ones that, uh, that uh, got the game right. So this is what will happen now. But what is the main difference between what is happening now uh, with environmental regulations and uh, new technologies compared to what has happened in the past? The big difference, in my opinion, is that uh, we don't have just one or two regulations. We have uh, too many of them. And uh, the fact that some of them are conflicting with each other, making uh, decisions for SIP owners very hard. Uh, going past uh, these uh, environmental regulations that we're going to speak in a little while, uh, there is uh, technological advances in the industry. We're starting uh, speaking about digitalization. Uh, we are seeing uh, thoughts of uh, unmanned ships uh, highly automated ships, uh, and uh, is really the industry ready uh, to accept these changes? This is not coming from regulation, it's coming from technology advance. So, ship owners and managers have very tough decisions to make uh, to adapt to the environmental regulations, and they have uh, really to think about the future and how they're going to go on with their business. So I'm really honored today to have uh, a panel of very distinguished uh, speakers uh, to speak about these uh, regulations and the issues. 
let me just uh, briefly introduce. Uh, we have uh, Mr. Chen Tao, is the Deputy General Manager of uh, Costco Ship uh, Heavy Industry. Uh, Mr. Fabio Tagliavi uh, is the Technical Group Director of uh, Damico Shipping and the uh, President of uh, ISIMA in Singapore as well, uh, part of the Damico Group. Uh, Mr. Roy Yap uh, is uh, the Chief Operating Officer of uh, Newport Shipping. And Mr. Theo Valtagy is the General Manager of uh, Technomar. Uh, I think that before going on with this uh, discussion, Mr. Roy Yap has a short presentation. Is that right, Roy? Uh, yes, I do. It's more of an introduction. Okay, to, uh, can you please uh, do this uh, a little bit faster so that we don't uh, lose time? I will turn myself for four minutes. Okay, no problem. We'll continue the discussion after that. Sure, no problem. Um, is there a clicker so I can move back and forth? It's on the podium. It's on the podium. Oh, right, yeah, got it. Well, uh, thank you for the floor. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Shanghai. Uh, my wife is Shanghainese, and I count Shanghai as my second home. Now, who we are? Newport Shipping is not a, a vanilla ship repair service provider, the additional flavor being integration with financial services. We cooperate with six shipyards globally and growing, uh, one in Turkey, three in China, two in Southeast Asia, namely Singapore and Indonesia respectively, and ensure high standard service delivery across. We work with a host of specialists and supplier partners, passing down savings from aggregated volumes. We pioneer the concept of the all-in-one invoice, encompassing shipyard works, paint, spares, specialist works, and retrofits, deferring 60% of the invoice for up to 24 months. We are UK domiciled, Hence, all governance and warranties are under English law. What do we do? We're in the, we are in the business of easing OPEX, operational expenditure, allowing our customers to pay as they earn. We recognize that shipyard cost is only a fraction of the total dry docking costs borne by the ship owner. Other major components, as I mentioned earlier, being paint supplies, spares, specialist works, and retrofits. We do not interfere with existing paint agreements between ship owners and paint makers. We only finance it. We can order and deliver in advance all spares required by dry docking and undertake the warranties and liabilities within the contracted redelivery period of the ship of the vessel. Specialist works like hatch covers, turbochargers, cargo pumps, and etc., can be included under the same invoice. Similarly, retrofit equipment like ballast water treatment systems and scrubbers also. How do we do it? Financing the all-in-one invoice allows the ship owner to pay as they earn. In this example of a five-year-old uh, dry bulk carrier dry docking, the ship owner only has to pay 40% payment before vessel departure, with the remaining in equal installments over 12 months at 1,100 USD a day, comfortably covered within the daily charter hire. In closing, I repeat our value proposition our strategic network of shipyards and still growing in the Pacific and Atlantic. Our payment deferral plan, 60% of dry dock invoice up to 24 months, and our all-in-one invoice, 
including dry docking costs beyond just shipyard costs. With that, I thank you, and I look forward to speaking to you all later. Thank you very much, Roy. Um, it's uh, a good starter, but uh, you mentioned uh, retrofits and uh, equipment uh, installation. So uh, we'll start. I, I intend to start uh, talking about the environmental regulations one by one, and I will start with the one that has been around for a while, uh, but its final ratification uh, has, has now led uh, to, to gathering pace and that's the ballast water management regulation. Um, so let's see how uh, ship owners and shipyards are, are gearing up and how ready they are uh, for that. Uh, let me start by asking um, uh, Mr. Theo Valtagis as a, as a ship owner, uh, how far are you in the retrofit process? Uh, have you selected suppliers, finalized your decisions, technologies? Can you please give us your position? Thank you, Vasilius. Thank you for being here, uh, Nicholas. Uh, it's a great uh, opportunity to see our friends here in China. And uh, I'll be uh, very short, uh, Vasilius, on that subject because it's an old uh, story now. Of course, yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, uh, seven years ago when we carried the new building uh, program of uh, approximately uh, nine ships, we have installed ballast water treatment at that particular time just being, let's say, pioneers and uh, try to have the ultraviolet system. The ships were uh, highly sophisticated container ships with tremendous amount of electrical power, which uh, supports the UV choice. Nowadays, uh, our fleet is uh, a little bit more than 70 ships. Uh, 35 of them are containers and the rest are bulk carriers. So we are facing a challenge. And we believe that uh, the choice of the specific uh, system varies between the containers and the bulk carriers. All the containers, they do have an um, enormous amount of uh, electrical power reserve, so uh, UV could be a choice. Um, on bulk carriers, though, where we have the issue of the ballasting very quickly, uh, we might move on other alternatives with less power consumption requirement, and the uh, advantage that uh, we are going to do the treatment when we ballast and while on the ballasting we can bypass the system. Uh, right now in the middle of uh, signing um, a contract uh, between uh, two companies, one is going to serve uh, the containers and the other one is going to serve the bulk carriers and uh, the specific spread of uh, installing the systems uh, due to a very well planned uh, procedure that we implemented a couple of years ago is going to be done during special survey dry dockings and uh, just for the record this year we wanted to do about 19 of them. Thank you Vasilius. Thank you. Uh, Tia, I remember you being one of the first ones to install and operate systems so we had that discussion I remember in technical committees in the past. So um, May I ask a similar question to Mr. Tagliani? I mean, uh, what is your, uh, your strategy on, on retrofitting uh, and your fleet? Very good morning to everybody. Uh, briefly, the ballast water treatment has been very much confusing um, from the technical perspective um, because uh, on top of the IMO regulation, as you know, the USCG came with its own regulation in a way a little bit uh, on the mess, 
uh, not clear from the beginning, in particular the approach when uh, the system has to be implemented and approved. Um, and nowadays more restrictions are coming on the operational point of view. The, the issue is not an easy issue, uh, technically speaking. Um, there are many systems in the market. Uh, to make a choice, it is difficult, especially for those vessels that have a random trade, because certain water then can definitely affect the operational of the system. When we talk about uh, muddy water in uh, some part of China, some part of India, or in the river, definitely this can be an issue uh, affecting the operational uh, performance of your system. Um, what I do recommend is, uh, uh, beside the technical uh, choice uh, about the system, is uh, to really uh, train your crew, uh, because the operational aspects uh, are very much important. Uh, your crew must be extremely familiar with the system and extremely familiar with any trouble uh, shooting uh, uh, solution. Um, the good news is, uh, compared when the system uh, was uh, coming into the regulation, is that definitely the price came down very much. I do remember where at the beginning we were talking about over a million for a system, and nowadays the price is uh, coming uh, very much down, even below the 200k thousand uh, US dollar. Thank you. Thank you, Pablo. Um, I know uh, I would like to ask Mr. Chen, although uh, I understand uh, that uh, Costco is more involved in new construction, I don't know if you can give us an opinion about Chinese yards uh, in general and if they are ready to handle, because we will be expecting a large surge and a lot of number of retrofits to be done and uh, how ready they are to handle uh, a big demand. Good morning, everybody. Is allowed to speak Chinese? I think we yes, can save yes, time. Yes, of course, yeah, please. Uh,其实在中国我们在这方面,就是说修理改装上来讲的话呢,是有三十多家修船厂,那么就我们集团自己来讲,我们有七家船厂,所以这个工作其实在三年多前已经都开始了,从船厂方面我认为是已经做好了
whether uh, other makers are going to have the approval from Coast Guard. So far, there are only six makers that have been approved. Another two or three are in the pipeline. I do expect that more are coming. Um, probably today, the best solution is um, to postpone as much as possible the selection of the equipment uh, in order to have a better choice and waiting uh, as, as long as it is possible, waiting for the, a larger number of uh, makers approved by U.S. Coast Guard. Thank you. Uh, so, um, on the other hand, uh, Mr. Chen, are uh, the shipyards ready to accept uh, what the owner is proposing? Because you understand they may want a uniformity of, uh, of systems uh, installed so that their uh, crews are more uh, uh, easy to operate. Uh, so, how flexible are Chinese yards in accepting what uh, the, 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 the owner is asking to be installed? 从中国传统的角度来讲，当然每一个设计或者传统都有自己更喜欢perfect的这个这个这个厂商或者什么，但是我觉得中国传统大部分在这个方案上是选择是灵活的，都是基本能够接受客户的一些要求。Well, that is good news. Thank you. It's good news for the owner. Uh, can I ask you, uh, as you are quite experienced, what is your experience on, uh, on the uh, reliability of the systems so far? That's a very good question. Um, I have to say that um, when we did uh, this step and chose one water ballast system, system seven years ago, uh, at that particular time, there weren't any approvals from the US Coast Guard. So we took a gamble, and uh, we put this gamble on the table by negotiating a huge reduction in prices from one of the most prominent North European uh, suppliers. And we did achieve, despite all odds, uh, an extremely competitive rate of all this equipment. Up to now, I have to say that uh, we have never had any problem on reliability. Uh, however, uh, if uh, I may say so, the most important issue is the network of service engineers around the world. Definitely these are equipment that uh, they're going to fail. And uh, the support is needed, especially in the US. Uh, and uh, we had just one experience and uh, we, we were quite happy. So reliability-wise, at least for the systems that we have installed up to now, is quite good. And the network uh, seems that worked uh, up to now. But network of service engineers is very important on any choice you make. Needless to say that the U.S. Coast Guard approval for, the, uh, for our uh, choice is uh, very, very important. Thank you. That is also good news because we've heard uh, some stories of uh, issues with systems and systems that are not being uh, worked or not being operated because of unreliability. Um, I would like to ask a question to Mr. Yap, uh, which is applicable also to all kinds of retrofits that we're going to discuss. Uh, owners have to pay for it. So I understand you have solutions for that? Uh, yes, we do. Um, I think uh, we, the topic being game-changing, we're talking about disruptive innovation, uh, does not uh, only uh, lend itself to technological innovation. Uh, we encourage uh, what do you call that? Uh, 
thoughts on um, financial services innovation and of course also in supply chain. So with regards to the topic on ballast water treatment systems, I think technologically it cannot be any better. We're only talking about certification right now. So the, the technology is actually really proven. Okay, it's about servicing it, installing it. What we, what, of course, the, the ship owner always asks, okay, who's going to pay for this? This is a topic uh, f uh, brought up quite often uh, in all the forums, and I know we're going to talk about scrubbers later, so there's going to be, uh, there's going to be discussion on that also. So um, we believe that uh, easing the operational cash flows making, uh, makes retrofits uh, easier to access okay, and uh, uh, absorb across the life of the vessel. Thanks. Thank you for this information, Roy. Uh, let's move on to uh, the emissions regulations, which uh, are quite more serious subject. I mean, ballast water treatment has been there and it's been applied, but uh, this is coming up and it's going to create uh, bigger issues, I think. Um, starting with uh, NOx, uh, this is mainly an engine manufacturer uh, issue, but uh, since there are certain solutions uh, proposed to satisfy the NOx requirement, uh, which is mainly for big engines, uh, selective catalytic reaction or uh, exhaust gas recirculation. Uh, can I ask the owners who may have uh, new building projects, uh, Mr. Talavia, are you uh, fully aware of the pros and cons of these new uh, two technologies and uh, do you have a preference? Okay, um, definitely the NOx emission uh, has uh, made a big change uh, on the ship design. Um, in particular, uh, to be clear, today the NOx emission uh, uh, has been implemented for new vessel uh, trading in uh, uh, NICA area in the US. And uh, theoretically, uh, for those vessels that are not in compliance with the, with the tier three as a new vessel, okay, uh, they cannot trade in such area. Um, the technical solution uh, to me appear, honestly speaking, quite gray area in the sense uh, um, the both solution, the SCR, the catalytic element, uh, or the exhaust gas recirculation, uh, in my opinion, for what we have seen uh, in terms of uh, workshop testing and uh, the installation on board uh, still need uh, some improvement and uh, probably need also a lot of improvement uh, from the regulation prospecting arrangement on board because uh, you have uh, some uh, workshop test which is done with certain arrangement uh, which is not definitely the same arrangement that we are going to have on board. So uh, the result and the performance in prospective of NOx emission, to me, is uh, quite a doubt. Um, to be clear, today, uh, a vessel in compliance with the tier three is uh, from uh, the technical uh, arrangement and from the consumption uh, performance, it's definitely a vessel penalized compare a vessel that uh, is uh, tier two. Right. The, the SCR, or the exhaust gas recirculation, is a, a complex system and uh, uh, has a several operational issue, again, which 
are uh, going to be a, a problem for the crew on board, okay? And uh, definitely uh, require maintenance in the time and some additional cost. Uh, and uh, compare a tier two vessel, definitely the vessel is going to be penalized. Very, very interesting, your insight. Um, are, uh, let me ask Mr. Chen, are Platvis shipyards uh, have uh, fully integrated these technologies into the design in terms of uh, space arrangement and uh, all that in the new designs for Tier 3? Uh作为造船厂现在新船型设计上基本上都是要考虑去满足TS3包括因规范你设计上就刚才船东所讲的确实现在这个规范 在有一个观望的，因为确实技术也有个发展，包括成本，呃，也有可能有一个变化。呃，其实作为船厂来讲，更多的是依赖于这个设备供应商的一个技术的改进。Uh, that is a very good point, Mr. Chen, all that, and I agree with you. Uh, this is something that we see in new regulations. New regulations are being applied without the technology being mature and ready for it. So this is why we're seeing all these problems. Um, I will move briefly to the subject of LNG and uh, ask the panelists uh, a very simple question. Uh, let me ask Mr. Valtagis, do you think that LNG is the fuel of the future? It looks like it's going to be the fuel of the future, but uh, quite frankly, I do not believe so. Uh, there are um, the, the, the obvious, uh, let's say, cheap uh, supply of LNG nowadays. This might change because uh, local power stations are more and more expanding in that area, so the unit price might change. That's uh, step number one. Step number two, you have uh, all the rest are extremely expensive. Uh, Installation-wise, on board the ship, it's quite expensive and quite complicated, at least for our standards. Uh, networking and supply chain of LNG is something that a tremendous amount of money have to be invested, a lot more than ship owners they have to invest. So uh, all the benefits, um, economical ones, uh, are there to start with. However, there's a lot of ground to be covered. Additionally, uh, we have to remember that uh, LNG uh, has uh, particularly a lot of uh, methane in, uh, in it. And uh, during uh, test, uh, what we have discovered, especially on motorcycle engines using LNG, there is a methane slippage. This methane slippage uh, is uh, a small proportion, but uh, as you know, methane is 25 times more drastic than CO2, so uh, green gas uh, gases, green, greenhouse gases uh, might be affected. Uh, I believe that uh, it will come, but it will take a lot, a lot of time, probably not in my time. <laughs> I have one. Okay. 
it, Holly, you Perhaps the mic over there. Just steal the mic. Basil, come on this side. This Does this work? Yes. Okay, it's good. Uh, very good uh, insight on methane slip, Theo. Thank you. Uh, actually, the, the fact that there is methane slip negates the, uh, the, the whole uh, story about uh, greenhouse gas emissions, but that's a long, uh, a very big uh, discussion, so we'll not go into it now. Uh, can I ask the Yards if they are ready to offer uh, solutions for vessel using LNG and also new designs for bunkering ships when uh, a network will uh, be available uh, for LNG? Uh, for bunkering. Oh, yeah. okay, of course. Uh, actually,其实对于LNG这个改装方案,应该来说现在不是说所有的船厂全都具备这种能力,在国内应该最开始设计LNG建造的时候,我们那个互动船厂,那么当然现在我们可以看到越来越多的船厂在设计到LNG的这个
uh, with uh, LNG engines or dual fuel engines. Um, that, so that would be actually a more new building consideration than a ship repair retrofit uh, consideration. Yeah, that's, that's true indeed. Uh, let me uh, go to the other option of compliance, scrubbers. I was uh, happy to, to see, I mean, I was fortunate uh, in the previous days, I visited the shipyard and uh, witnessed the retrofit of the scrubbers, so that was a good experience. Uh, there, are, there are studies that uh, show that the return on investment for a scrubber installation for a larger vessel can be relatively short and will start between one or two years. Uh, Tia, what is your opinion on that? Is it really the way to go? Uh, is it a good choice? M mathematics are right. Indeed, uh, depending on the size of the engine, scrubbers could pay back two, two and a half years, maximum three. Uh, however, who's going to pay for the, for the installation of a scrubber nowadays? We believe that um, the best policy is uh, wait and see. Uh, it's a lot easier for us uh, because uh, we are not having any new buildings nowadays, so we would have been puzzled if we had to, do, to carry out a new building uh, project right now. However, on our fleet, uh, we will not move into the scrubber, at least now. So if you ask me now, scrubbers are deleted. Uh, we do follow our uh, market leader on containers. Maersk have decided and uh, announced that uh, they will not uh, fit scrubbers. On the other hand, of course, CMS is um, another customer of ours is going towards the solution of scrubber. I believe, uh, Vasilios, that uh, <clears throat> we have to combine all these regulations and try to clear the uncertainty that is uh, over us. Uh, we cannot see specific knocks and take out shocks. We cannot see shocks and just forget about uh, green gas uh, coming into effect right now. And as you probably know, the last MEPC 72 in 12 April uh, this year has already put down the roadmap for uh, greenhouse uh, gases. So we have to see all of them together and uh, most likely, uh, as you know, that uh, installing scrubbers, you cannot really use uh, a SCR for NOx uh, prevention uh, unless uh, you do it in between uh, the engine and the turbocharger, which creates more complications and the yards uh, have to be very ingenious in order to sort out these technical issues. But as far as we're concerned, as of today, scrubbers are out of the question and uh, we'll stick to the uh, low sulfur fuel that is going to come in the market. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Theo. Um, so, uh, as you said, you are going to use um, low sulfur fuel. Um, do you believe that there's going to be enough availability of that fuel? Uh, I can re reverse the question. Are you sure there's going to be enough availability of high sulfur uh, fuel uh, in the next 10 years? That is a gamble, yes. That's a gamble. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, we don't have much time to go on, so I, just, I also want to uh, touch briefly on the new technologies and the fact that um, the IMO uh, very recently have decided uh, a, a very ambitious program of uh, decarbonization in shipping. 
there has been uh, a decision to, to reduce greenhouse gases emissions by, uh, by shipping by 2050 to 50% compared to 2008. Uh, okay, that's a long way to go, uh, but uh, still it's uh, quite an ambitious program. Uh, so how do we do it? Uh, I understand, okay, just operational measures like slow steaming are easy to adapt, but uh, what about new technologies? Uh, I think that uh, in terms of uh, propulsion efficiency, uh, we've reached a point where we cannot go much further in reducing uh, ship's resistance. So we have to look at um, uh, propulsion systems uh, and uh, new technologies there. Um, may I ask the shipyards, uh, how far advanced are you in, uh, in uh, research about alternative propulsions like batteries and um, hybrid propulsions? Okay, this is applicable to smaller ships right now, but uh, what is your uh, point of, of research for that? Uh 从动力应用上还不是特别成熟，尤其是还取决于船舵的一个选择，包括它的投入跟它所所得到回报的这个回收的年限，呃，可能还需要一段比较长的路要走。Okay, uh, we do have time though, so I hope that uh, technology will have time to adapt to that, and not like the situation where we are now with NOx and SOx. Uh, another big uh, game changer, which will be discussed later, is digitalization and automation in ships and uh, the new technologies leading to, probably very soon, unmanned ships. Uh, can I ask Mr. Tagliavi, which is his opinion, are we going to see very soon unmanned ships or highly automated ships? A good question. Uh, in my experience, I have seen that uh, the best uh, and positive feedback from crew come from the simplest vessel. Uh, today, uh, more equipment we put on board, more complex system we put on board, uh, it will be an issue again with the crew. Uh, probably we have to focus uh, in the more simple system. I'm not sure whether automation is the solution, okay. Uh, but definitely we have to make uh, a vessel uh, in a very uh, easy and friendly way to operate. Thank you. Uh, Theo, do you see unmanned ships in the near future? I'm a little bit old-fashioned. Uh, quite frankly, I do not see any unmanned ships in the near future. In near future, I mean for the next 10 years. Um, uh, nevertheless, uh, it is something that uh, it is going to come, at least for specific areas, that uh, they, are a, they are going to be a lot easier to control and uh, more regulated. Uh, for the big ones, and um, quite frankly, I don't see that coming, at least for the next 10, 15 years. Well, it would definitely be quite interesting to, to look into those developments. Uh, we have a few time, uh, sometime if there's any questions from the audience for the, for the speakers, please.
Vasily, can I just uh, say something that of I've, course, read, yes, I've read it very recently? Uh, and it's quite interesting. Uh, I've read that uh, Osima, they are developing a, a new marine fuel. And uh, this marine fuel sounds like it's going to be for everything. Shocks, knocks, reduce also green gas, uh, high, uh, greenhouse uh, gas emissions. It is uh, a, a mixer of uh, one product which is called LCO, light cycle oil, which is a, a secondary uh, product from the refineries, and also one uh, product called GTL, gas to liquid, uh, which is um, coming from natural gas, and also add water. And uh, according to the uh, test they carried out, uh, one of your competitors, DNVGL, uh, they say that uh, the results are quite uh, good to start with. Of course, there's a long way to go. Uh, now, coming back to the very uh, assumed that all these technical uh, problems are resolved, coming back to the cost, uh, of course, it's going to be a lot expensive than uh, heavy fuel nowadays. However, they say it's going to be more, uh, less expensive than uh, uh, low sulfur marine gas oil. So, let's wait and see. Miracles might happen. Very, very interesting. Uh, gentlemen, please. Okay, uh, actually we have uh, currently an experience, uh, we are having a 30 new building fit with the scrubber. Um, of course, I don't have the crystal ball to understand and to see what is going to be in the future, but in our experience uh, uh, we say that, uh, we see that the scrubber could be an option. And when we talk about a new building, uh, uh, coming back to what uh, Ter was uh, saying before, that probably for the new building could be uh, an option to have the scrubber. Uh, I can say you that um, as far as concerned, the cost is no longer a black box. Today the scrubber in our experience has a cost in new building, an open loop system, has a cost of around 4% of vessel value. Uh, and in this uh, number I, I do believe that it makes sense to consider this option when you do a new building because maybe tomorrow, if the market gives you a chance, you can get a premium. Uh, what I do suggest that uh, I saw many ship owners very much excited about Scrabble, especially from the commercial point of view. Uh, they are looking into a vessel uh, flexible as much as possible. Uh, when we talk about Scrabble, we have to really focus on what is uh, the main saving that you can get from the Scrabble. Uh, having regard to the vessel trade, of course, and uh, having regards to the equipment and machinery that you want to connect to the scrubber. Um, probably I can say that uh, for uh, a small consumption, let's say within uh, 20 tons uh, per day, the scrubber is not a solution, but for uh, an higher consumption in the, overall, uh, in the overall picture of the vessel, uh, um, I mean main engine, uh, boiler and auxiliary, above 25 tons, maybe the scrubber could be an option. Fabio, allow me to, to, to add a little bit more. 
we forget something uh, in the panel here that definitely uh, there are also a lot of stakeholders that they play in a very important role in our decision making. And I'm talking about refineries, suppliers, and charterers. And uh, they, they are indeed there in order to uh, make us take a decision uh, as long as refineries can produce low sulfur oil that eventually is going to be reasonably cheap, as long as uh, charters are willing to reduce, let's say, speed uh, for specific trades, and suppliers around the world, they have availability of such uh, product, then the decision goes towards away from scrubbers. However, uh, if uh, we move the other way around, then scrubber could be a very good option. Uh, there are recent studies saying that um, in uh, 2019, uh, normal uh, high sulfur fuel, as we know it right now, is going to be consumed for the marine industry about 250 million tons. That's what they say. Uh, and uh, the estimation is for 2024, that is going to be down to 40 million tons. So that gives a trend that uh, refineries or stakeholders are moving towards uh, uh, the choice of uh, using low sulfur fuel instead of going towards the direction of scrubber. This might change, of course. However, uh, I believe that there is no silver bullet that will assist us in order to take a decision right now. Uh, so the best probably scenario is just wait and see how things are evolving. Thank you. Thank you all. I'm afraid our time is up. Uh, we may have more discussion on these issues uh, during the break. Thank you very much to, to the speakers. Uh, you want to add something? Uh, yes, just a very quick yeah. mention on the scrubbers for those ship owners who are considering scrubber installation. Bear in time, lead time. Bear in mind lead time, sorry. Uh, the top makers are bordering on 10 to 12 months right now. The uh, scrubbers being very proven, uh, mature technologies, of course, and uh, anywhere else in between uh, would be able to help you. A uh, second thing, of course, is uh, the S for retrofits. Uh, coordination with the shipyard, engineering, uh, very important, 3D scanning. So bear that in mind when you consider your retrofits. Thank you. I don't know if Mr. Chen has anything to add. Okay. Thank you very much, uh, people. Thank you.